0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Subs.
1: It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas.
0: You never know what's gonna happen in this league. People lose every week. It's parody, I mean, that's what this NFL is about and everybody can beat everybody and you have to come in with the mentality um, that you're gonna play your best football. We lapsed in that this last week um, and we were playing a good football team and they beat us. So I don't worry about kind of those other teams that are around the league because you never know who's gonna be at the top at the end of the year until kind of the end of the year whenever you're trying to find your seating. So you just try to go out there, be the best team that you can be and stack as many wins as possible.
1: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your
0: boy Q. Q. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes right there just talking about losing that week one game versus the Lions and, you know, the parody across the NFL and well, they got their guy Chris Jones back. Travis Kelsey, I'm sure he'll be back sooner rather than later, but they got Chris Jones back, and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with our next guest, and that's Ari Mayrov, 33team.com, at My sports update on Twitter. Does a fantastic job. And Ari, thanks so much for your time, and let's start with those Kansas City Chiefs. They lose the, the opening uh, game of the season to the Lions, and no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Chris Jones comes back on a one-year deal that, to me, doesn't look like he really gained much when it comes to the deal. What did you see when you looked at the details of Chris Jones' one-year deal?
2: Yeah, Q, and you're exactly right. I mean, this was months and months of a negotiation of a long-term contract extension. The defensive tackle market is a bit complicated because there's Aaron Donald at 31.6 and all these other defensive tackles who extended this offseason at 23-24, and Chris Jones believed that he was closer to Aaron Donald than everybody else, and the Chiefs simply never saw eye-to-eye with him on those extension talks. And I mentioned this on Twitter when the deal, when the one-year deal was done, the Chiefs have a history now of towing the line in extensions that if they don't think that the value that the other side wants is what they think is right, they're just going to say no. They did this with Kyrie Hill. They traded him to Miami. They did this with Orlando Brown. They let him go in for agency. And now they're doing it here with Chris Jones, where they're like, listen, the number you have is not what we see. We're not going to do it. You could miss a game, miss another game. All you're doing is is losing money. And I think Chris Jones and his agents realized that, and they came to the realization that we're going to have to do something about this because we've already lost $3.6 million at this rate it's going to keep on going up by $1.1 million every single week. So they decided we're going to come back. He has a chance to basically make that fine money back as long as he just plays and doesn't get injured. And then he has a chance to make more of it if he has an unbelievable year and the team has an unbelievable year with a defensive player of the year, sacks, making the Super Bowl, some really, really complicated stuff. So I think it was more just him caving and realizing, I have nothing else to do with the And for him, if he balls out and does well... He has the chance to become a free agent after the season. I know the tag is still available to them. I looked into the numbers. It looks like in order to tag him next year, it's going to be upwards of 31 32 maybe even $34 million. So mm. I think it might be difficult for Casey to do it. So he has an open path to free agency basically by coming back now.
0: Well, his team lost their first game to the Lions, as we all know. It's been well-documented. Is there any concern that you have for that Kansas City team, or do you think that that was the first game, no Jones, no Kelsey, and that they'll be okay?
2: Yeah, I have zero concern with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you mentioned, two of their three best players were not there. Obviously, Patrick was. But Travis Kelsey just being on the field for that offense changes the entire dynamic with all those receivers. We saw last year how there was so much concern of, no Tyree Kill how this is this going to work out? Travis Kelsey played all 17 games, I believe, and obviously an entire postseason, and the Chiefs were just fine. But if we're going to take away Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, now your top receivers are Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore, et cetera, et cetera, this is a completely different offense. So bring back Travis Kelsey, let him be on the field, it changes the entire dynamic of everything, and it's going to open up some of those receivers who are really speedy and can find their way open while the defense is focusing so much on Travis Kelsey. And then defensively, I mean, we all know Chris Jones. He, I mean, their defense, for the most part, it wasn't like terrible on and night, but now bringing it back in there, and I think it changes it as well. So I'm not concerned at all. Here we have here in week two against Jacksonville. Phenomenal game. Really curious to see how that all unfolds. But I'm not someone who's panicking about the Chiefs. It's the same Chiefs team that we've always won.
0: Again, Ari Mayroff, 3013.com, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about what happened on Monday night. We all saw it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down after four plays. He's out for the season. The Jets have a phenomenal defense, have a great run game, but they don't have their Hall of Fame quarterback. How far can this Jets team go without Aaron Rodgers and potentially Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so devastating, Q. Like, I mean, this, this is like five to six months of build-up, and I'm here in New York, the buzz, the excitement. <laughs> it was so electric. The Coming out of the flag, all the fans are wearing this bracelet, the lights up. It was That was the most electric I've ever seen in my life. Stadium. And for it to end, after four plays and no completions, is just so crushing. I mean, it, even if you're not a Jets fan, you just wanted to see how Aaron Rodgers does in a Jets uniform of all that talent, those receivers, the running back, the defense, the special teams, that team still somehow won the game. So it hurts so much. I mean, listen, Zach Wilson, like he's obviously not Aaron Rodgers. There was a confidence issue last year. There was, he he was still learning. I mean, when he got, when he was draft number two overall, they had no veterans on the roster in the quarterback room. It was a bunch of guys who had never started before. So, him being around Aaron Rodgers for a couple of months, who we idolized growing up, they're hoping that maybe helped out a little bit, but just how to be a quarterback, A, and then B, the mechanics and the confidence, those types of things. I mean, it wasn't the best thing on Thursday night. It wasn't like some great quarterback. He had one bonehead in the seat with the interception. But to come into in that situation and keep us cool, and it wasn't what it was last year, We'll see how he does this week in week two. I know they're looking for some other quarterback options. It doesn't sound like any big names out there that they're looking at. More of just anybody who could be a backup. And in case of a worst-case scenario, maybe he could come in. But they're going to try to ride this out with Zach Wilson. And they're hoping, those months that he's had with Aaron Rodgers, that at least it helps somehow with him. And Gary Wilson, Courtney Williams, the entire team really after the game, they all praise Zach Wilson. So he has the confidence at Lachlan mm-hmm. right now. We'll see what he does moving forward but they're all in with him going into Week 2.
0: So right after the injury of course there's a lot of the conversation about the turf, right? MetLife Stadium it's been conversation about that for a while. The NFLPA has come out and said, "Hey, let's change all these stadiums. Let's get grass. Nobody wants to play on turf." Do you think there's going to be anything made of this conversation or is this just the instant reaction to a devastating injury to a hell of a player?
2: It's been it, it's been a big topic of conversation and a big debate between the NFLPA and NFL for a few years now. Players have made some noise about it. I don't think they made enough noise about it to try to really create change. Um, Roger Goodell spoke about it today. I believe it was on First Take, and he basically said we'll do what the science says. And so far, the numbers show that, for example, J.K. Todd's tore his Achilles on grass and Roger it on turf. That Kaufman Tour is ACL on grass. Like, it's just everything is like, there, it's not um, a big difference to anything said by Jeff Miller, who's the NFL, um, who's one of the NFL top executives as well. So, it's it's numbers wise, for the league at least, they don't see the, the, a big difference. But there is a monetary thing to all of this with, with, with stadiums where these owners are paying now, they're building all these state of the art stadiums, and they're like, we only have, what, eight or nine home games per year here. we got to monetize this thing by having concerts and other events here. And if they were to use grass, it would cost way, way more to sustain it throughout the year, while using artificial turf is far more cheaper. Now, you could tell me you disagree with that, especially when you're investing so much money into these players. And if they like grass more, why not just do that? But that's the belief by the NFLPA as to why the league and the owners – are not interested in going to full time grass. So um, it, it's going to continue to be a debate. I had someone tell me that the only way it changes is if it's collectively bargained, which means the NFLPA will have to give up something, which <laughs> I don't know if they want to do anything about it. So it's always going to come down to business and dollars and cents. And I just, I personally have a hard time seeing anything changing in the near future.
0: Yeah, I don't see it either. Just for everything you said, all the extra stuff that's not football games, it just makes it hard to believe that they're going to go and switch all these stadiums and and have grass in there as as opposed to artificial surface. But – we will see again. We're talking with Ari Mayroff from 33 dot at my sports update on Twitter here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So not only did you know Aaron Rodgers go down after four plays, Kansas City lost, Buffalo lost, the Cowboys blew out the Giants. I mean, it was a hell of a week one. But really, I guess the cherry on top, and not a good way. Jim Trotter files files a lawsuit against the NFL. I didn't see this one coming. Did, did this kind of throw you off guard when you saw this one? Um, I wouldn't say call me
2: off guard because I've, I've followed the Jim Trotter story for a while now. I mean, he, of course, has had two consecutive years at the Super Bowl at um, Roger Goodell's State of the Union speech, I think that's what they call it, yeah. um, where he essentially called called out the commissioner and basically said um, what he had to say about NFL Network and the newsroom and how it's essentially unfair the way everything is being handled there, and the argument the NFL made, and Roger Goodell, again, was on first take today and was asked about this by Stephen A. Smith, was essentially that his contract was up, and Goodell said that is something that is more NFL media, NFL network, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Um, and that was basically the answer. Now, listen, this could end up going to court, they're going to have to testify, and we'll see where it goes. Obviously, there are some damaging stuff in there about, jerry jones and the pagulas who's the owner in buffalo which they've both denied it but um this is something that jim trotter has been it's been close to his heart for years now and he is willing to go forward with this and go all the way to the end to make his point so we'll see where it ends up going i know he's working with the athletic now but this is something that he's been talking about for years it did not matter to him that he worked With the NFL Network, which is officially owned by the NFL and all the owners, he was a journalist, and he said it how it is in his opinion, and his mind. And everything so far is allegations, and the NFL is going to deny all of it. But there's a chance this thing ends up in court, and they're going to possibly go to testify about it, and we'll see how far it ends up going. But um, he is going to go strong with this, and it's been something that has been, like I said, in his heart for years now, and now he's finally taking action.
0: Well, to follow up with that, you know, obviously we're here in Vegas. We cover the Raiders, and we know what happened with John Gruden and his, you know, emails and all that. We know the fallout from that. Well, he named, you know, the Bills owner and the Cowboys owner and, and said what they said, and it wasn't very flattering what they had to say, and at least in his words. Uh, how how deep do you think this investigation goes into those guys?
2: It's a great question. I mean, like, I, I really don't know. I don't really know if it's going to correlate. Like, if, if the John Gruden – emails, which were only a few came out, and there are 650,000 more that we still don't know about and might never see, but John Gruden's case is still out there and it's still ongoing, and he so far has won in court at every level to this point, and the NFL so far has been losing, and
0: Gruden has been
2: adamant that he's not going to settle. You could give me as much money as you want to settle. I'm not going to do it. So if it ever gets to a point where those emails do get out, which is what Gruden wants, um, and there's going to be some damning stuff in there, maybe Jim Trotter had his points in there. So um, there are many different la- la- layers to this whole thing. I mean, it's going to take some time, and it's going to take possibly years, um, because the NFL would prefer for this to be an arbitration, which is, essentially means the public has no idea what ends up happening. But for now, this thing is staying in public. And I'm, I'm talking specifically about Gruden. But um, if Gruden keeps on winning in his court and keeps on moving this forward, there could eventually be some damning stuff in there, which is part of the reason why a lot of the owners don't want the rest of the emails to get out. And I, some of them were confused as to why the Gruden emails even came out in the first place. So there are a lot of different layers to all of this. Um, like I said, it's, it's really something that's going to happen in like a week or two or a month or two. It could possibly take years because the NFL definitely does not want this to go on. If it was up to them, if I had to guess, they would love to settle with John Gruden. But like I said, he's not going to settle. So
0: um,
2: there's a possibility where there could be a correlation here, but um, I really don't know where it's going to go.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's, it's. I mean, man, this this could go on, like you mentioned, for a very, very long time. Well, Ari, we'll get you out with this, and, and it's funny, we had a little bit of uh, laughter back and forth in the hallway as, as I was getting ready for the show today. Uh, my guy, JT the Brick, saw that you were coming on the show, and he's like, man, I'm a big Ari fan, but ask him, ask him how he has the Raiders ranked lower than the Giants when the Giants got waxed by the Cowboys and the Raiders beat the Broncos. So, uh, I know it's all fun, it's just rankings after week one, but what were you see in there with the Giants where you have them ranked higher than the silver and black?
2: Well, you can tell JT that I was just sharing an article from the website. That is not my official rankings. Boom. So let me just uh, let me just make that one out there. This is from my good friend Ryan Reynolds from the website, who I I think is one of the smartest people that we have when it comes to writers on the website. But I did find some stuff in there to be very, very interesting, and I do agree with you. And one of the things that I'm going to ask Ryan is about the Raiders, because I did think that that win in particular on Sunday was pretty impressive, and um, what they did to the Broncos, where Russell Wilson to start the game, in the first half at least, was very efficient. They were playing it safe, but it was not the Russell Wilson we saw last year, and then it all came together for the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo was fine. I know there's a some injury report coming out today with the Raiders, but we'll see what it really means when when Thursday comes around. But uh, I was really impressed with the Raiders, and there were a few questions for me on that rankings as well. But on my end, I'm just going to be sharing this article every single week Mm -hmm. and see how it goes. But Ryan is definitely one of the guys who you should probably get on the show because he is an entertaining guy and a very, very smart football mine.
0: There it is. Hey, well look, that's why we asked the questions. That's why we asked the questions. And like I said, it's all due respect because we know all of you guys do a fantastic job over there at the thirty third team dot com. I can never praise you guys enough because man, like I said, I'm very impressed with all the different people that you guys have coming together and all the information that you're churning out on the daily. So we definitely appreciate that. Ari, speaking of turning out information, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Well,
2: last time I was on here, I did mention that my my um,
0: my article about coaches under 40,
2: who I'm keeping an eye on this season, um, was going to publish, and it did publish right before the season. I highly encourage people to go check that out. There were, like I said last time, some names you've probably heard of, like a Ben Johnson or a Kellen Moore, but there are some other names on there that I'm pretty confident you probably have not heard of. Um, Miami Dolphins' safety coach Joe Casper is on there. Bill's linebacker's coach, Bobby Babbage, is on there. Like, you'll see some names in there you never heard of, but in a year or two, you'll see these guys becoming coordinators and potentially future head coaches. So check that out um, to start. And the rest of the website, I mean, I've been just amazed this entire week of just how much content the entire team is really cranking out. Mm. From all these former coaches, former executives, game film, there are a lot of new podcasts also about the 33 team right now. Fred Warner is doing a show with his wife. Um, which is really, really cool, uh, behind the scenes of, of really game day and then their life as well, um, and a bunch of other stuff going on with the website. So go on there and check it out, and you might not leave. I'll just feel yeah. like that.
0: I, hey, look, I struggle to leave myself. I know that, so I know that that's right. And, look, we just spent 17 minutes talking about the NFL and these different storylines. Ari, that was only week one. <laughs> we, we have Absolutely. a whole season to go, brother. <laughs> so... Good stuff. Thanks so much for you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Anytime, my friend. Thank you so much. There he goes, Ari Mayroff. Yeah, I mean, do you ever think about that? We just spent all that time talking about all these different storylines when it comes to the NFL, and that's week one. That's it. One round of games for everybody. Week two gets underway tomorrow. That is wild to me, but so much to talk about. And we definitely thank Ari Mayroff, 3013.com. You can check him out on Twitter, at my Sports update for some time this afternoon. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's keep this party rolling. Quick, welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, q Ball with it do? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I'm
2: chilling too, bro. Hey, got that done last weekend.
0: Yes, I'm sir. I'm feeling
2: good. Hey, check this, though. I had a couple of points that was kind of goofy, though. Well, I was like, man, McDaniels throwing that ball on fourth and one. Man, I want to see us pound it in there with a
3: the $12 million man. <laughs> uh, Sean Hayden. was that Bronco Gate? Was he targeting my man, Jimmy? Was he targeting my man?
0: Man, he, was he, he looked like
3: was that,
0: he looked like he <laughs> was targeting right. multiple guys. Brother, I felt like we were back in New Orleans with those days. Yep. You know, the one, the one thing I really, really want to harp on is why
2: in the absolute world was Brian Horio in the game over ALC. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Why, why is he going in 2nd You Q-Boy? Is he really the backup after everything we saw last season? We don't have anything else to lose by putting ALC in there, man. I mean, I thought that was really, really goofy. And uh, last thing I'll say, Epps. Whoa, tackling machine, but a liability in coverage, we got to get him tightened up. I'll bet yep. you later, Chuball. Peace out, bro.
0: Hey, man, great call, great call. And you're right, man, both uh, Merrick and Epps got to clean it up in coverage. Everyone does, right? I mean, there was way too many times that there was way too much space as far as I was concerned between the, uh, you know, either the DB or the safety and the receiver. It's just way too much space. But, you know, good thing that Marcus Epps was able to make some tackles and Trayvon Merrick came up with the big tackle at the end. As far as uh, Aiden O'Connell, man, he was, he was designated the emergency quarterback. So I guess they all felt like that they knew that Jimmy G was going to come back in a couple of plays. So that's why I believe that they didn't go to Brian Hoyer, but he was designated as the as the uh, the the emergency one. So uh, I guess that they didn't want to tr- want to burn that situation just yet. Even though I know that a quarterback can come back, but more, uh, you have to at least have one of those guys ruled out. So uh, that was the reason why they decided that uh, Brian Hoyer was going to be the guy, at least for those couple snaps or whatever it was, uh, it wasn't very much that he uh, that he was in the game. So that would answer that question. 3.20 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back, get to some of your calls, and get to your texts. And then Paloma Villacana for Fox 5 Sports, she'll join the show at 3.30. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta subs Make sure you check out Porta subs six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs, made Made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs neighborhood sandwich shops. Order ahead at portasubs.com. Jones gets it into Guts and Asia pokes it away into the hands of Young. Asia's in transition. They got four on three inside. Wilson Costa goes off the glass and good. A beautiful pass from Jackie. Asia converts it, and the MVP's got fang.
1: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: That's the defending MVP right there, Asia Wilson, coast to coast. T.C. Martin on the call right there. You can hear T.C. on the call a little later this evening as a tip-off for the Aces in the Sky. Playoff game number one. It's the postseason, baby. Tips off at 7 o'clock, and... I like that little Brook Valentine little girl fight there. Okay, I see what you did there, Ari. I see you putting it together, it's girl no. fight. Because look, it's the postseason, so it's a fight. It's a fight to the finish. It so, is. There you go. I have a feeling at the end of the day, it's going to end up being the Aces and the Liberty, and I'm here for that. But look, you got to get there first. You can't just just you can't fast forward and and just the, the, you know fast track it and get to the finals. So you got to get there one game at a time, and it starts a little bit uh, later on this evening. Again, 7 p.m. tip off. And uh, it's going to be a big one against the Aces and the Chicago Sky. We'll be talking with Paloma Villacana for Fox 5 Sports in just a few minutes about that very thing. But do want to hear from you, uh, both by the DontBeBroke.com text line and the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Of course, 69187, keyword r and two questions out there to you today. Do the Raiders have the personnel to get it done defensively against the Buffalo Bills? And what I mean by that is get to the quarterback – affect Josh Allen, and create some turnovers on the back end if the turnovers are there to be made. He's going to give you an opportunity. You've got to go out there and make the plays. And also, who do you want to see more from coming up on Sunday? Like who maybe showed a little something-something to you, and uh, you saw it on on Sunday, but you say, you know what, this team's going to need a little bit more from this player. Who would that be? Let us know about it, Six nine one eight seven keyword R&R, uh, that's the don'tbebroke.com text line. And uh, got a text from the 925 saying, McClendon Curtis to the Seahawks, right. Yeah, said that a little while ago. Uh, he was posted off the Raiders practice squad. That's unfortunate. I think the Raiders li- really did like McClendon Curtis a lot. Uh, from Lois Cowley Raider, he said, Q, one player I hope to see more of this Sunday is Michael Mayer. This game is going to feature a matchup with two top uh, – two. With the top two tight ends in this year's draft, Dalton Gickade and Michael Mayer, go Raiders. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point that you bring up right there. Michael Mayer didn't see much from him on, on, on Sunday against the Broncos, but then again, what do you expect? He's a, he's a rookie. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get going, but, man, it'd be a nice game to see him get going, right? See him out there and, and affecting the red zone and affecting what the Raiders do in the red zone in particular. Of course, he's got to continue to work on his blocking, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited by the young man. Out of Notre Dame. So, Lois, Kelly Raider, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, how about this? Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q and Ari, good afternoon on this Wednesday. Gentlemen, loving today's topic. I'd like to see more of Renfro as he was basically a ghost his Denver with my- with Myers potentially not playing. Renfro's role would be huge. Also, I'd like to see Tyree Wilson, which segments into my next point. I do believe we have the defense that contain Buffalo's offense. Constant pressure from our front four and spying Allen on every single play. He could hurt us not only with his arm but his legs. If we're able to hold them to a few field goals and cause a couple turnovers, we had a great chance to win on Sunday. This defense has confidence coming off our win in Denver. We could beat Buffalo. Thanks, Q. Let's go, Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, that's the, that's the thing, man. They've got to be able to create those turnovers or, you know, at least have that opportunity, you know. And, and the way to create that opportunity to get the turnovers is you've got to affect. You've got to, you got to put pressure on Josh Allen. You've got to be able to hit him right, and, and make him a little bit uncomfortable. So uh, that's, that's going to be a big key. We know what Max Crosby is going to bring to the table. I, I have no doubt what Max is going to bring to the table. I want to see who else is going to step up. Is it going to be Jerry Tillery again? Is it going to be Bilal Nichols? Is it going to be the rookie Tyree Wilson? Right? Is it going to be Malcolm Koontz? Who's going to step up? Somebody's got to step up and be a difference maker and be able to help out Max Crosby because at some point, and we see it all the time, teams are just going to say, all right, where's number 98? Let's focus on him. Make sure he doesn't wreck the game, even though he still has his way and still does some really good things. Someone else has got to step up and be, you know, that 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 constant constant and be that that tag team partner for one Max Crosby. So uh, I like that one. Really good stuff, Sir Whiskey Ray. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, Raider J in Monterey says National Tuesday Morning Shrimp Day. All right, <laughs> all right. we'll we'll, uh, we'll 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 I guess we'll check that out uh in a little while so uh thank you raider J in monterey uh it's ari is, is today national now uh, today's not a shrimp day is it is that is that a hint it's
2: not on my list
0: okay <laughs> that's all, right. all that matters right uh, hey that is all that matters that that'll work so uh, raider J in monterey thanks so much and if you're in monterey every day is probably a shrimp day right you go down to the pier right there you kick it you have a good time when i worked in monterey that's all i did i went down there and i hung out at the pier all the time knowing i didn't have no what no business down there by the water what am i down there by the water for i ain't fishing <laughs> right, so I had a good time down there. But join us now on the phone line. Speaking of having a good time, this young lady always is having a good time. That's Paloma Villacana from Fox Five Sports, and she joins us here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. It's the postseason. How excited are you for the Aces to start this run?
1: Oh man, you got the Raiders playing, you got the Aces playing, you got UNLV rolling. Um, it's the best time of the year, really, in this this September October. Uh, The Golden Knights will start up soon, so, I mean, what a time to be in Las Vegas, but super excited for the Aces tonight. Uh, Game one, round one of the WNBA playoffs, back-to-back number one seed for the defending champs, and last night I got to spend time at their pop-up shop at the Aces headquarters, and so cool cue to see just a line of people wrapped around that building. I mean, when you talk about growing the game and, and growing WNBA, and this, this past regular season, that put up historic viewership, um, you know, historic game tickets sold. Um, super, super excited because these women are so talented. You know, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, um, every single woman who's in the WNBA is so talented. So Vegas is, is the city for, for women's basketball with the Lady Rebels and the Aces. So I know this team is hungry to go win another championship. Um, But just so cool to see the city come out and support the Aces at their game on Sunday. There was, you know, over 17,000 fans at T-Mobile Arena on Sunday. And then tonight they want to pack T-Mobile Arena again. But what a cool opportunity for the Aces to play in that venue for sure. You know, a bigger venue for them. Me personally, I think they deserve a bigger venue because yeah. they're starting to sell out Michelob Ultra Arena and that parking garage fills up really fast. So um, who knows, maybe in the future we can see the Aces have their own arena here in Vegas.
0: Yeah, man, give them a spear, right? Hook them up with a spear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, yeah, no, they're they're doing some really good things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned being the number one seed, and to get that number one seed they had to win those last two games against the Mercury. How big mm-hmm. was that for the Aces in their championship run that they got the number one seed and now they got that home court advantage?
1: yeah winning four straight to close out the regular season you know that's huge for the aces um who had who had lost a few games, you know they lost the mystics and the Liberty um you know I know it was a, it was a tough regular season against against the New York Liberty, so the aces are rolling into the playoffs winning four straight and if I can remember last year you know they went on a little win streak at the end of the season too, so mm-hmm. to have that momentum to have that number one seed, that home court advantage uh to play the first two games. You know, at home here in Vegas, you know, that's huge just because we all know how difficult it is for these WNBA teams to travel. You know, they don't fly charter. They're flying commercial. They're playing every other day uh, traveling across the country. So to play at home in front of their home fans um, is a huge advantage uh, for the Aces who, you know, put up a a big dub on Sunday at T-Mobile Arena against the Phoenix Mercury, 100 to 85. Um, where we saw Asia Wilson and, and the whole squad was, was rolling. But um, the Chicago Sky are hot, too. I think they're yeah. heading into this matchup on a three-game win streak. So both teams peaking at the right time, and you always hear it from Becky Hammond. You always hear it from the players. You know, you want to peak at the right time. Um, so it's a good thing that they're, they're rolling. They're on a win streak heading into the playoffs because it could be the other way. You know, it could be like, man, we've lost a few games. We need to find our rhythm. We need to find our... Our flow and um, you know the aces are rolling. So I know I've heard from the team all year long how greedy they are uh, to go win another title. And I think it's been almost 20 years since a WNBA team has won back-to-back titles. Um, so for the Aces, they've had a historic season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go make some more history and win another championship this year. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, that's what we're all rooting for. We hope that that's what happens. I uh, would love to see the young ladies get, go ahead and hoist up another trophy and call mm-hmm. themselves champions for another year in a row. And, and Paloma, last year, we saw Asia Wilson play what felt like every minute of the postseason, yeah. right? I mean, she never yeah. came out of the game is that the approach this year, especially with the injury to Candace, or do you think that they have a little bit of time where she can get a little break here and there?
1: Oh, man, it it, it still feels like Asia Wilson almost plays every second of every game. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Becky Hammond wants to give her the ball as much as possible. You know, I think we saw her score, you know, almost 50 points in a game this season. So, you know, you want Asia Wilson in there as as long as she can be, but... You know, it just means that the other players have to step up, too. You know, we've seen the bench step up, um, you know, especially if they're ahead down the stretch in the fourth quarter. You know, we've seen Kirsten Bell. We've seen Sydney Colson uh, step up down the stretch. But, man, do they wish, you know, Candace Parker could come in? And, you know, what I've seen in the past couple of games is she is with the team. Um, you know, she is there on, on the bench. Uh, but she's still got a boot on her foot. So, So I'm not sure if she'll be able to – to come out and, and come out for the first round at least. But you, you're hopeful, you're for sure hopeful that Candice Parker can join the Aces this postseason. Um, but if it's not looking like that, man, there's some other dogs on the team too. Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young. I mean, this 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 team is loaded. And, you know, this is a historic Aces team that we're watching right now. You know, if you haven't been to an Aces game this season, you know, the postseason, that's where you want to go, uh, to Michelob Ultra Arena or tonight, um, when they play at T-Mobile Arena at 7 p.m. So, um, you know, yeah, they have Asia Wilson, one of the best players in the WNBA, but they also got other star talent on their team too, and their bench is is deeper this year too. But of course, everyone's hopeful that you know Candace Parker can at least come out, um, you know, down the stretch, or, or probably in the second round, or you know, maybe in the finals. So we'll we'll see. But um, uh, super incredible to watch this team put up a historic season i mean 34 and 6 overall i don't don't even remember the last time i covered a team that was 34 and 6 so um just incredible to watch them this year and you know i wish them the best of luck i know all of vegas wants to see them shut down the strip again. So, hopefully, fingers
0: crossed. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good time. We'd love to see that. Love to have a repeat performance of that from what we saw after they won the championship last season. Again, Paloma Villicana, Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I did want to ask you about UNLV. They went to the big house. You were there. Uh, They lost to Michigan. It was expected, but honestly, Paloma, even though they lost it, it wasn't a close game. I thought that they played pretty fundamentally sound. I thought that there was actually some good things to take away from that game. What were your overall thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah, I thought they played, you know, I thought they played really hard for 60 minutes, um, a pretty clean game. Um, you know, I, I, Doug Brumfield didn't turn the ball over. No picks were thrown. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, they, they were injured on the offensive line. They had a left tackle and a left guard out, so – um, there were some backups coming in on the offensive line and talking to Barry Odom, you know, yes, it's called a go-go offense, and it's an explosive, you know, versatile offense that they run at UNLV, but I heard on the broadcast, you know, maybe it needs to be a block-block offense <laughs> where the offensive line, you know, needs to do a better job blocking. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the entire goal this season is keeping Doug Brumfield healthy, giving him enough time in the pocket, um, you know, surrounding this offense around him, you know, where he's able to make plays extend drive use his leg escape the pocket give him enough time so that's the whole goal with Doug Brumfield if you want it to be a go-go offense you need it to be a block block offense with the offensive line so to Barry Odom it all starts on the on this uh the excuse me on the offensive line with the guys you know being physical and being able to protect Doug Brumfield and giving him time to to make some big plays so that was kind of like the only, the only part of the Michigan game where I was like, man, they kind of struggled offensively, defensively too. I mean, you're, you're facing the number two team in the country. I mean, right. these guys were outmatched for sure. But, hey, you know, the defense came out there and played hard, you know, for 60 minutes going up against, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in college football who, who will probably leave to the league this year and going up against some stud receivers too. So, um, no doubt, UNLV can only come out stronger um, going up to the big house facing Michigan. Um, and what impressed me on Saturday Q was the backup quarterback, Jaden Maiva, the redshirt freshman from Liberty High School. Um, he had a strong fourth quarter, you know, led his guys uh, to a scoring drive down the stretch of the game. So um, when you talk about building depth at UNLV, you know, it's it's great to see the backups come in and put up a strong game at the big house against number two, Michigan. So um, that's promise. That's hopeful for Barry Odom's program, but um super excited to be back out there on Saturday with them. I'm, I'm just hungry. You know, I'm eager to see, you know, how good can this UNLV football get, um, this season with, with first year head coach Barry Odom? I feel like they've already made huge strides just three weeks into the football season, um, you know, from, from where this program has been. And I kind of forget that Barry Odom is a first year head coach because they've made so much improvement mm-hmm. in this coaching staff. Um, it feels like Barry Odom has been in that building for a really long time.
0: Yeah, I think they've made a lot of positive steps. I really do. And I know, again, the game against Michigan was a loss. But, I mean, again, like you mentioned, it was the number two team in the country. You're expected to mm-hmm. lose. just wanted to go out there and take some positives away from it. And I think they really did. And, you know, there was a really good story as well that, that came out of that game. And, of course, that's about Ryan Keeler and this young man mm-hmm. lost his life. But uh, I felt like that there was some really good moments, kind of dedicated moments uh, to him in that game. What did you see as you were there at the big house?
1: Oh, it was just incredible to see J.J. McCarthy, um, you know, dedicate that game to Ryan Keeler, who passed away this year due to a a heart condition at UNLV. Um, You know, he had 47 on his hand, and he threw a 47-yard touchdown pass um, to Roman Wilson, uh, you know, in the third quarter. So, uh, goosebumps, you know, goosebumps, Mm -hmm. really. But, you know, when you're playing for something bigger than the game, you know, when you're dedicating the season to a teammate who passed away this year, um you know there's no doubt that it's it's definitely bigger than the game in in that building at UNLV and um Ryan Keeler was a defensive lineman who was incredibly talented um had a bright future at UNLV and I know when he passed away this off season in February um you know that shook the entire team but what Barry Odom said was that this brand new football team where you know over half the team are new people um they grew incredibly close you know in those couple of weeks where they faced tragedy so Um, You know, you always say hardship, you know, only makes you stronger and adversity only makes you stronger. And I think Ryan Keeler passing away this year, um, you know, only made this football team stronger. This new coaching staff, new roster um, only grew closer together. So that's definitely something that they're dedicating the season to is Ryan Keeler. I know out of huddles, you know, they break out and say 47 on three, dedicating the
0: season to number
1: 47. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really, really cool. Well, this week they host Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt's coming to <laughs> yeah. Allegiant Stadium. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, this is a SEC matchup. Barry Odom's an SEC-type guy. Uh, how do you feel yeah. uh, UNLV rebounds this weekend?
1: Yeah, I think they come out strong um, at home at Allegiant Stadium. Barry Odom, very familiar with Vanderbilt. He's coached against Vanderbilt for 10-plus years. He's familiar with the roster. He told me he recruited a lot of players on that roster, so they're already really familiar Um, They have players on the team, like Jackson Woodard, who's played against Vanderbilt. Um, But, you know, with all of that aside, it is a brand-new football team every year with this transfer portal and, um, you know, everything that college football has turned into. So you're really facing a brand-new Vanderbilt team. But, um, you know, it's SEC coach against SEC coach on Saturday, in my opinion. Um, So definitely want to see UNLV come out strong um, on both sides of the ball. But special teams, I mean, man they're ranked number one in the country in special teams efficiency by ESPN. So wow. Jacob DeJesus, their they're wide receiver, their kick returner, um, he's super talented. So if there's anything that's been a strong note for UNLV this season, it's been their special teams. Um, and we've seen the Rebels struggle in the past on special teams. So to have that be an advantage for them, I mean, we saw special teams win the game on Monday night in New York. So um, to have that as, as an advantage on your team – to give your team that advantage, that 20-yard advantage, you know, when you start a drive, you know, that's huge for UNLV. So, um, you know, of course, Vegas wants to see UNLV win on Saturday, and Barry Odom has talked all season long about creating a home field advantage, having other teams pump in crowd noise at their practices. Um, So that's his number one goal for this team is to make Allegiant Stadium A home field
0: advantage well Paloma we'll close out with this uh the Raiders they're in West Virginia right Mm -hmm. now they're practicing in preparation for the Buffalo Bills and I saw you tweet Mm -hmm. out in honor of the Raiders practicing at the Greenbrier (laughs) this week let me throw it back to my first sports reporter job we all have memories (laughs) of our first our first job right Mm -hmm. in our in the industry uh what can you tell us about the Greenbrier as that was your first sports reporting job
1: yeah, when I heard the Raiders were at the Green Bar, I was like, man, memories for sure. I mean, I think I'm 21, maybe 22 in that picture. You know, I'm <laughs> super, super young out of out of TCU, but it was a great time starting my career off in West Virginia. Um, you know, I got to see Will Greer and the Mountaineers and Virginia Tech, and, um, you know, that's, that's the state of Randy Moss and Nick Saban, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of legends have come out of West Virginia, but... The Greenbrier is such a beautiful place, and, you know, a lot of NFL teams there um, do their training camps there, or they'll practice there, or scrimmage there. Um, so it's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. PGA Tours, the Greenbrier PGA Tours there, too, as well. So, um, you know, every stop in your career is definitely somewhere really special. So yep. anytime you get to return to a place or look back, um, you know, it makes you think how blessed you are to to be, you know, a sports reporter and get to know so many people and travel the world. It's you know, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. So feel really blessed.
0: No, it is. I mean this industry is incredible, right? I mean it's just it really is. Just to to see what you see and do what you do and meet who you meet is just it's such a blessing. That's why I say it all the time and one day, Ari, there's going to be a tweet from Paloma. She's going to be like, yeah, I remember when I was in Las Vegas. Remember when I was covering UNLV and I, oh, yeah. I was talking to Q. Now I'm up here and I'm the big time. So you're on your way, Paloma.
1: Oh, so sweet, Q. Thank <laughs> you, you.
0: You are on your way. But uh, no doubt about it, what you got coming out of the Reb Zone this week that we should be on to look out for?
1: Yeah, we're talking to the best special teams coordinator in the country, James Shebus, when it comes to college football. And i um, super excited to highlight – and continue to dive into Barry Odom's program. Um, he's got a really talented coaching staff. So the Red Zone is every Sunday at 1030. And then, you know, we're, we're all in with the Las Vegas Aces and the yep. playoffs um, happening now. And then, of course, the Raiders' season is rolling. And then the Golden Knights training camp will start <laughs> up soon. Um, so we're busy, busy yep. all the time. No
0: off-season, Q. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no off-season. We wouldn't want it any other way. Nah. <laughs> so this is how we roll. Well, great stuff, Paloma, as always. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thanks,
0: Q. See ya. See ya. There she goes. Paloma villacona great stuff. and. Uh, she's on her way, and, and it's funny, man. I love being able to look around the industry and see people that I either used to work with, uh, work for, and see where they just kind of go. And, and, and hell, in the commercial break, me and Ari realized we were talking back and forth on how many people we knew, uh, common people, and, and that's just it's just how this industry is. It's not the biggest industry. Uh, that's why you never burn bridges. You always make sure you keep your nose clean and you do what you're supposed to do because, man, uh, somebody that you thought that you probably never know, May end up being your boss or hell you might end up being their boss one day. It's just it's it's a it's a weird, weird situation just the way that this thing works, but it's such a blessing. When I say that, people think I'd be BSing when I you know, they call, Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. Man, if you only knew <laughs> if you only knew where I started from and where I'm at right now, man, you would understand why I say I'm blessed each and every day, not only with my work, but just life in general. Three forty seven is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two. Dave B, I see you. We'll get to you next. This is Red Nation Radio, nine twenty.
1: This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q.
0: Great stuff in the last segment from Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We talked all things Aces and UNLV as the Aces get their postseason run underway this evening starting at 7 o'clock. Tip-off on our sister station, Fox Sports Las Vegas. So make sure you check them out. And, of course, UNLV will be in action on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. But Paloma joined us in the last segment. We had a great conversation with our good friend Ari Mayrov from 33team.com at 3 o'clock, talking all things NFL scatter shooting. And if you want an early kind of a little – Update on the Buffalo Bills, or a little behind the scenes on the Buffalo Bills, a fantastic conversation in hour number one with Nate Geary from WGR 550, Bills pregame, halftime, and postgame show host. He does a great job. If you miss any of those conversations, you just know that you got to listen to it. Make sure you hit up our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. Every show that we have, from the morning tailgate to JT the Brick, to Unnecessary Roughness is all podcasted right there. And you can check out any of these interviews, any part of the conversation. Of course, all of that's brought to you by Porta Subs. And if you're looking for something for, the, uh, for Sunday to watch the Buffalo Bills game and you need a little bit of food in your belly, how about that six-foot party tray? They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. A little of fresh veggie toppings and sauces. The feeds about 12 to 16 people. So order ahead at portasubs.com. We definitely appreciate them sponsoring our podcast. They're on LVsportsnetwork.com. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Dave B., in the 757. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you.
3: appreciate you having me in. Hey, if I break up here, it's because I'm on the
0: road, sir. <laughs> the Buffalo. Oh, okay.
3: Can't wait, can't wait to enjoy that time with Raider Nation up there. Looks like we're going to have, low, you know, low 70 temperature. Glad we can get this game at this time of the year up there. Certainly, uh, you know, a blessing for us there. Uh, but to your two questions, the first one being, hey, do we have the right personnel to stop Buffalo? My answer is, of course, it depends, right? If we can force them into third and long, I really like 98's chance of getting at, at Josh Allen. I really do. We need the supporting cast to back him up. The real chess match, I'll call it, that I would like to see how Patrick Graham handles this, how do we handle the running threat of Josh Allen? If if we're going to assign a spy to him, who's that going to be and what do we have to sacrifice to be able to to accomplish that uh, and stopping him? Because really, and I think it may have come up in that first hour, he's really essentially their run game,
0: Yep. right? Yep. So,
3: yep. We, of course, have to, have to, have to get big games from Epps and Morgan uh, in the secondary to be able to stop those vertical threats and digs and Gabe Davis. Have to have big games out of those guys. Um, and then the last point, uh, or at least the last question that you had was, who do we need to see more of? We need to see more of 13 and 87. With Myers out this week, and all indications are with the concussion protocol that usually takes a week to a week and a half to come out of, He's going to be out this week. We need more out of 13 and 87 this week. Over to you for thoughts, buddy.
0: Hey, good stuff, man. Be safe out there on the road. Enjoy the game. It's going to be fantastic. I'm glad you're able to go out there and enjoy that along with Raider Nation. So uh, no pressure. Just bring home a dub. (laughs) That's all. Just bring home a dub. But, yeah, I think that 87 and 13 are going to be big-time, you know, players this week. They need to be big-time players because, like you said, Jacoby Myers most likely will miss due to concussion. Uh, You know, Hooper had a big catch on Sunday. Would love to see uh, Michael Mayer get involved in the party as well we'll take more of your calls on the other side this is Radish radio 920 and thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of unnecessary roughness here on lvsportsnetwork.com brought to you by porta subs